All right. Let me know when I'm live. You're live. <clears throat> All right. Uh, hello. Hello. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to the 307 Podcast. It's been a while since I've been here. Man, it's been two weeks since I've been here, man. Yeah, man. I finally made it out of, uh, safely made my way out of North Korea with the help of Hillary Clinton and her constituents. So I'm glad to be back in the podcast with you guys, the podcast studio with you guys. What's up, YouTube? How you guys doing, YouTube? Are you glad to have me back? Oh, yeah, flowers and... Well, a lot of you guys, look, I saw on the last video, a lot of you guys said, uh, well, obviously we don't need Chad on the podcast, you know, because you guys must have did well. Well, did you not listen to it? On the last podcast. You didn't listen to it? No, I haven't had time to listen to it. What the crap, man? You've been on yeah. the airplane. You was on the airplane. You should listen to it on there. Oh, Download it. That's because on my on my flight back, the man beside my flight back from North Korea, the man beside me uh knew who I was and we talked the entire flight. So I didn't have any time to listen to anything. Was he a constituent? Uh no. No You ask him is you is? Or is you ain't my constituent? No, he was a pretty good guy. He was a pretty good guy. I mean, we had a we had a long talk, but it's hard for me to talk on an airplane though because I can only hear out of one ear. And I was sitting beside the aisle and you know, so he was to my left. My left ear is the ear that's deaf. And that's the most <laughs> aggravating part about having a conversation on an airplane. Well, so, that flag's looking good behind you, son. Yeah. I this, mean, it looks good. This right here, behind me, this was a gift from the guys at First Form. Dom made it. Yep, Dom, he, he handmade this thing, and they all signed it on the back. It's a it's a really cool piece of uh, wood art there. Yeah, that, that looks a lot better than that other thing you had up there. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. So we appreciate you guys for bringing that out to us. That's really cool. Today's episode is going to be titled, or is supposed to be titled, Why Believe in God. This is this is going to be an episode for a lot of you heathens that listen to this podcast and you don't, you don't really understand why the crap we would choose to follow Christ or why we believe in God, why we believe, period, um... And so it's going to be for a lot of you guys to hopefully explain that to you of why we believe the way we believe uh, and why our faith is so important to us and why it's so front and center in our lives personally and professionally. Because I think for a lot of people, that's a, that's a question they have. They think, hey, you know, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good in life. Like, I'm a good person. I'm not a freaking murderer. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't steal from people or break the law. I'm doing pretty good financially, you know, just all the way around. So why on earth would I want to take on this, this prospect of considering what faith is? Like, why do I need that? Why would I need that? I know a lot of people like this in my life who are highly successful physically, uh, 
mentally, professionally, they're they're pretty strong. And this idea of faith or trusting the Lord or or submitting yourself to Christ just seems like why on earth would you do that? And I think Paul kind of alludes to that too when he says when he he's talking about Jesus and he's talking about if there was no resurrection of Christ, that we, the people who believe in Jesus, are, are the most pitiable people on earth. <laughs> you know what I mean? He kind of alludes to that. So, you know, and this might also be for some of you guys who are, who are struggling in, in your faith or who maybe aren't in a good place, and, and maybe you're thinking the same thing. Well, why am I even trying? Like, why don't I just abandon the idea of faith? Um, and a lot of a lot of the reason that people a lot of reason people are in that p- position in their life, I think, goes back to the lesson I taught two weeks ago on resurrected about you reap what you sow. And there's a lot of people out there, a lot of you guys out there are dealing with the consequences of decisions that you made a long time ago. And you got to a point in your life where maybe you chose to accept Christ or you were called and you heeded the call, whatever you want to call it, but you chose to follow Christ. And then you expected everything to get better and everything to be all hunky-dory. And you expected the Lord to just you know, fix everything in your life and you're getting poopy pants because that ain't what happened. So when you when you chose to follow Christ, did, did everything just all of a sudden get better for you, Corn? No, absolutely not. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> so that's, that's what I want to talk about today, and I'll tell you all my story around that here in just a little bit. And the problem with that whole thought or that way of thinking is that you don't you don't really want you don't really want the father you just want what he can give you you're not going to get it anyways but that's the problem with that thinking is your heart's still not in the right place for coming to god because you're going there you're trying to find him because you think he'll make my life better so you want what he can give you not the relationship with him Mm -hmm. it's just a selfish a selfish motive we haven't even talked about where the what the crap. Chili's not here. I'll put the camera up. We haven't even talked about this crap. Yeah. So it's just black. The camera's not even on. Yeah. Look, man. Chili's missing. Nobody knows where he's at. Uh for all that I can figure, he has went on another one of these covert Space Force operations, and we haven't heard from him going on three days now. Well, last I talked to him, he was saying something about he thought you should have been back by now, and he was all ticked about it. So I don't know maybe he went over to the border looking for you, or yeah. if he's went on another, you know, another, well, he, some other he was supposed, Yeah, mission. he was supposed to come in this morning, but he didn't show up. Nobody knows where the crap he's at, and so this ain't good. So, 
I don't know what to tell y'all about that empty seat over there. All right. If anybody on YouTube has heard from Chile, please let us know what you've heard in the comments because we're at a loss. And I'm sorry that he's, I'll apologize on his behalf for him not being here this morning. It's not even morning anymore. He was supposed to be here this morning, and it's almost 1.30, and nobody's seen him. Seen hiding or hair of him, nor heard from him. So, we'll keep y'all in the loop, but if y'all hear something, see something on the news or something before we do, reach out to us and let us know what you've heard. All right? We had our race this past weekend, which turned out a really amazing day and this is going to play into the to what I want to talk to you guys about here in a little bit but uh man what a race that was you know what our superpower is at 307 project is we actually know people we actually get to meet people face to face do hard things with many of them whether that's the rite of passage, the basic course, uh, the proving grounds, or be out there with them on race day. I don't know of any other brand that, that, that's out there that gets to do what we do. So when we show up to the race, there's 200 runners there. I bet I knew 100 of them <coughs> personally. Yeah, and then a bunch of the people that just came out to <coughs> spectate. Yeah. Too. Yeah, so that's our, uh, to me, that is the superpower of 307 Project, is the the relational aspect of what we are able to accomplish. In that you guys, we're not just some freaking voice on a podcast or some face on a YouTube channel to a lot of you guys, we actually do things together. And I hope I hope that never ends. I hope we never outgrow that. Because that was a special day, man. Cornbread, was that your first year at the race, man? I was at the first race. You were at the one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was at the first one. Well, it's grown a lot since then. Big time. Yeah. Big time. What did what did you get out of the day, or what did you enjoy most about today? Or, well, you know, I got, I greeted probably ninety percent of the people there, parking parking people. Yeah, and dude, the the infections personalities that the majority of all those people had, it's like it's almost overwhelming. The positivity. I thought, you know, people always say I want to be around like minded people. What are what are you doing to be around like-minded people? You know, gathering stuff up on the internet or Instagram. That that's not being around like-minded people. Sitting across from somebody talking. That was the biggest takeaway for me. Like everybody's here has one goal to to push each other, to mm-hmm. be positive, to talk about the word of God, be as close to Jesus as they can, and it. 
Monday morning, I often wondered, like, I'd hear you say when you go on mission and training and whatnot, and you'd come back or maybe you'd run a race and whatnot, you'd sort of have a type of depression or something afterwards. Yeah. Like, like, man, that's over now. I felt that Monday morning. I did. I talked to you a little bit about it in the gym. It wasn't like a like a burden. It was like, dude, there's a, there's a lot to do. Yeah. Like, there's a lot to do. Yeah. Yeah, it 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 ends so abruptly. Yeah. It's it's that's the thing. It's like yeah, that environment is just so powerful. <clears throat> um but then it just it's got to end. It's got to end. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And and then when it ends, it's just like it's just a hard stop. Mm-hmm. And then you yeah, you leave and you're like holy crap. I wish that was just like, I wish I experienced that every day. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you, man. The 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 collective energy of of that many people there with 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 one goal in mind uh, is unbelievable. That was a special day. Did you do anything while you were there, Blake? Did you show up? Yeah, I was there. <laughs> you were there? What are you talking okay, about? Okay, well, I didn't see you there helping set up well, and stuff. Well, you stayed out on the on the course and everything. Well, I didn't see you there at 6 a.m. helping pull, pull everything out of the trucks well, and stuff. Nobody so. told me when I needed to be there, so I got there when I wanted to. <laughs> Bill? <laughs> Blake come tooling in there, son. He wasn't even a, in a pack of cars. He come easing somehow up by himself. Yep. yep. I was there so early, that's why. <laughs> Lord have mercy, son. Well, did you did you get anything out of the day? Anything yeah. stand out to you? Yeah, man. We we talked about it on Resurrected. It's just yeah, I mean it's it's uh it's just cool that that, that many people come and show up. For something that, I mean, to me, it just always stands out that they're, I mean, people are there to run the race for themselves, but also just to be there and support other people, you know. I mean, the runners are out there running, but even when they're coming in, you know, they're conscious of everybody else. They're encouraging other people while they're out there running. So it just, the the selflessness always stands out to me of um, what people are doing for someone other than, than themselves for no you know, no return, no expected return from from the other person. So, yeah, I mean, it's just those events like that are just always awesome. I mean, even Cocodona going out there and doing that and and just being around those people and everybody's out there wants to be better, wants to help other people, it's encouraging. And then when it's something of your own that God's given you our own mission and, you know, to your point that, you know, our – you said our superpower is to uh, is that we know people, and that people might think, well, how's that a superpower? But people will show up for people that they know. That's why it's a superpower. If it's if it's just some talking head on YouTube and they say I'm putting on a race, they say, well, good for you. I you know I don't really want to run run a race right yeah. now, so I'm I'm not going to come out there. But when you know people and you say, hey, my buddy's putting on a race, or I've got a bunch of buddies from this team that I've done something hard with and we're going to all go do this together, that's why it's a superpower. 
yeah. people show up for you. <clears throat> yep, exactly, man. I agree. That's a good way to articulate that. You know, I was, I noticed one thing. We went to a funeral, what, two weeks ago or something. And as we were sitting in the funeral, th- this was for a family member of a friend of mine, and I didn't know the man who passed away. Didn't know him at all, never met him. But I was just there to, to uh, be there for my friend and his wife and kids. And I noticed as people, you know, prob- they probably had a dozen people come up and talk about the man who passed away. And every person that came up and talked about his life, the things they talked about, every single thing they talked about had to do with the relationship they had with him. Not a single person mentioned what he did for a living. I still don't know what he did for a living. Not a single person mentioned how much money he had. Not a single person mentioned how big of a house he lived in, how much land he had. Not a single person mentioned any of the crap that we are so concerned with in our own day-to-day lives. Everything that was a testimony in memory of that man's life had to do with the relational aspect and, and what he did to pour into people relationally. And I was like, dang, man. You know, I'm all about hustling. I'm all about, you know, doing good in business. I'm all about making money. Uh, These are the things that, a lot of these things consume my thoughts. But when I step back and I think about it, I'm like, dude, ain't ain't nobody going to remember any of this. Nobody. But what they are going to remember are the times that we spent together doing cool stuff, helping each other grow. That's what they're going to remember. So why the crap don't I concern myself more with with those opportunities? Or at least as much. Why don't I concern myself at least as much with with the... the opportunities to spend time with Cornbread, with Blake, with Chili, if he ever shows back up, with my nieces, with, with people that we're training with, with, with people at the race. Like, why, what the crap is wrong with me, dude? Like, ain't nobody going to remember, man. We, we get so caught up in, in working and, you know, providing for ourselves. And we, as we progress through life, we got to make more money. We got to, we, this house, we've outgrown this house. We got to get a bigger house. We got to keep moving forward, moving forward. And all that stuff that you talk about, though, that we, we do have those moments 
And we look back on them and say, man, that was awesome. Those aren't the, the first things we think of. We think, why do we not think that the Lord is going to take care of us? Why is that not our thought every single day? Mm. Why are we not content with our provision, our remnant that we have now and, and, and go on? In my mind, I'm thinking, I got to work today. I have no other choice, you know? And it, the other is this, is a second thought. Yeah. Is a sec- it's okay to miss a duck hunt, but it ain't okay to miss four hours of work, you know? It's okay to miss going up there and seeing my mama, and she lives 200 yards away from me because I'm too tarred, but it ain't okay to – you miss a day of work to hang out with her. Yeah. and But when someone's passed away, then that's not going to be your second thought. It's going to be what an idiot I was to worry about. I needed to go check out this house. I needed to figure out how to get me a different car. I need to figure out how to make more money or close this deal. Or, you know, my bosses are depending on me. I need to be there. You're not going to think about that. Mm-hmm when that person's not with you anymore. Yep. It's almost like the opposite. You're going to think about the opposite when they're, when they've passed away versus what you're thinking right now. If you think of somebody, take my ex boss, for example, he's alive and well, he's healthy. I guarantee you 99 people out of a hundred is going to say the opposite about him now is what you was just explaining. Your friend's dad was getting at his funeral. They're going to say, Oh man, he's, He's really smart. He's doing well. He's got, look at all the money he's got. He's got four barns. He's got five cow cow haulers. You know, he's doing this. He's doing that. He's doing this. And then I imagine when the Lord's ready and he does pass, they're going to talk about the deep sea fishing trips. Mm-hmm. They're going to talk about me and, when me and him went turkey hunting down in South Georgia. Yep. That's It's odd, is it not? It yeah, is man. crazy, dude. When somebody's face-to-face with you, why ain't you sharing those moments right then? Yeah, what we, what we value in life is backwards. Now, don't take this the wrong way, YouTube or audio listener. We understand you need to work. You, that, that, that's biblical. Yeah. You, you, you should work, and you should provide. And you should be proud of those things. And you should try hard at those things. But what you value, what you truly value, and where you are trying to make your investments should be into the relational aspects of your life with the people that matter to you, who God has put in your life. That's what you should value. And by the way, let me tell you right now, I am preaching to myself. I am preaching to myself. I want you to know something about me. I'm in a place in my life where I have so much that I don't know what to do with it. And I have so much that I... I concern myself 80% of my time with what the crap am I going to do with all of this that I have? What am I supposed to do with this? Like, part of it, part of it resides in wanting to be a good steward of what I have. 
I don't want to be a poor steward of of what I've been blessed with and what I what we've earned. And I want to be responsible. But like how many freaking hours have I spent looking at what's the next truck I'm going to buy? Oh, I I already I I have I live in a in an unbelievable place. How much time have I spent thinking about Oh, I need to buy another house because I just have all this extra and need to put it somewhere, right? And all these stupid freaking investments or things or or what it is like my own in my own personal life, what I have valued most has been opposite of what it should be. So I want you to know I'm preaching to myself. And so that to me was the most powerful part for me about the race was when the race was over and like 150 people came up to me one at a time and I, and I was able to stand there and genuinely care about what they had to tell me, listen to them, whether they were thanking me or telling me how they had been impacted, or 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 telling me their story, or maybe they just wanted a picture with me. Like that was the most powerful exercise for me, and the single biggest thing I took away from the race, because that is not me. Like standing there and giving every one of those. That day, they were my teammates. We were all out there together doing something awesome. Giving everyone who wanted it my undivided attention because I really wanted to care about them, uh, that was the best part of the whole day for me. And seeing how the Lord is increasing my capacity for relationship with people, actually caring about people. And that, and when I say re- relationship with people, I, I'm not talking about like I have to call them and talk to them every day. I'm just talking about genuinely spending a moment with them and caring about what it is they're going through or what it is they have to say or what it is they're excited about, or what it is they're struggling with, and just being with them in that moment. And, yeah, that was the most powerful part of the day for me. So yeah, I, th- I think all this is a great explanation of um, what we talk about, or at least, you know, I talk about and use as kind of a guiding question in my life is when I'm making decisions is, is it eternal? And, you know, I think you could say, you know, another way maybe to ask that question is would, uh, would somebody, would this, would somebody talk about this at my funeral? You know, if you want to think about it that way, but all those things that people were saying about, uh, Jennifer's dad, that those were all eternal things. Those were all eternal impacts that are going to last beyond his lifetime. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, I said the other day on 
on Resurrected that you can't enjoy the things that money can buy if you ignore the things that money can't buy. So those eternal things that money can't buy, the relationship, the time that you have, you know, sitting down and having a meal with one of your buddies. If you ignore all of that, you won't enjoy the things that money can buy, such as <clears throat> luxury items, cars and houses and land and all of this, because there's not going to be nobody around to enjoy it with you. And you're going to be in a bad, you're going to have a bad heart and a bad frame of mind. You're not going to enjoy any of it. And so I think that's a, that's a great explanation for what I mean when I say those things. And when we talk about here, like, what is, is this, is what I'm doing eternal? Is this going to have impact beyond my lifetime? Yeah. And, and it goes back again to why I say that's our superpower, because the number one thing that we can be doing with 307 Project is spending time with people. Like, that's the, the absolute pinnacle, the top of the list. It's not selling you a book. It's not selling you a t-shirt. It's not providing entertainment. It's not reviewing a gun for you. Like, the absolute pinnacle of what we can do is spend time with people. Because that is what is making the biggest eternal impact. Yeah. Meaning that it's spreading from the, the person to the people who that person then leaves us and goes and he is in contact or he or she is in contact and relationship with. And that's the whole reason that we put on these training missions and these races and stuff like this, man. Like, this, that stuff is hard. The ROP course is hard, man. The rite of passage. Like, every time I run that course, I'm like, holy smokes, this is rough for me. But uh, the best thing that we can do with, with what we've been given in terms of a platform is to create the environment to bring people together with the the goal of growing together in mind that's the pinnacle uh, of what we can be doing and that's what we as we accomplish that during the race day yeah so we're about to we're going to dig into this topic here why believe in god um, this episode specifically is brought to you by our partner at Barbell. Barbell Apparel actually just sent out a gift to all of our $50 tier Patreon members, right? Yeah. What'd they send out? Yeah, so they sent out uh, yeah $50 gift card to everybody that had uh, subscribed to that tier on Patreon, which I thought was really cool of them to offer that. So we did not ask them to do that. No. That is how much they care about supporting what we do at 307 Project. That, like, I don't know, it fills my heart with joy. Like, yeah. in, a, in a world where, in a world where everything is centered around profit and greed and, and, and hurry and, and get what you can get and, and not give what you're able to give, we are blessed enough to have a partner 
who would offer to do that to our Patreon members just because. Yeah, I was I was talking to Kyle and and he's you know, he said, Look, we want to show people that we don't just we don't just say that we are this type of person and not actually be this type of person. He said, you know, we sell fitness clothing and dress clothes, but he said we want to come uh, participate in one of your courses and show people that we are actually fit and that we we don't just sell you these clothes and say that they work. And this is the same thing with the gift card he gave out. We don't want to just tell people that, you know, hey, we care about you. We, we want you to do good. We want to help you out. We want to actually do something to show that and put our money where our mouth is, so to speak. And so, uh, yeah, I was, I was blown away that he offered to do that. Yeah, so we're telling you this just to kind of – prove to you how special our partners are. And Barbell's been with us for a long time now. Um, the shirt I have on, this is the core shirt. Super comfortable, dries well, breathes well, does everything you need it to do. Like Blake said, they got everything that you need. From running shorts to gym shorts, all different styles of shirts, the most comfortable jeans you'll ever wear, uh, and they stand behind their products, and they're amazing people. So if, you, if you've ever gotten anything out of this show, support the companies that support this show. There aren't many of them. We've just got like, what, three or four partners. Yeah. There ain't many of them. That's because we vet them so hard. So if you need a new pair of jeans or you need some new workout gear, Next time you're ready to do that, go check them out at barbellapparel.com. They've got all kinds of stuff to pick from. All right. This topic last night comes to my mind because I went and saw my counselor, Jeremy, last night at 7 o'clock. I left my house and drove to town at 7 o'clock. To see my counselor from 7 to 8 o'clock. I don't like going to town that late, son. But I did it because it's important. And maybe we'll have Jeremy on the podcast one day. But, you know, I I started off talking to Jeremy about all the ways that the Lord is changing me and has changed me especially since I've started seeing him and being intentional about really putting myself to death and developing the new creation, who I am in Christ. And I was telling him about at the, the Proving Grounds when, you know, you mentioned how you could kind of see how I treated people different. You know, and I was telling him about all this stuff, and and then I start telling Jeremy the part of my story that we're at, and we, we were at the point of my life that I went to Bud's, and so I'm telling him about Bud's, and that's and it was really hard to tell that because for me, SEAL training is one of those kind of blocks in my life that my mind has blacked out most of it. 
but I'm at least telling him what I remember of it. And as I explained to him what it is, I explained to him that in SEAL training, you're surrounded by instructors, and the instructors, you never see them cold, tired, you never see them sweat, you never see them eat, you never see them pee, you never see them do anything that is human. And that is the standard. So in SEAL training, the standard is being unhuman. Superhuman. Yeah, not well, not being a human, not having any needs. That's the standard. It's like I don't have any needs because I'm not freaking human. I don't know if that makes sense to y'all or not, but but that is the standard when you're going through this training. The instructors who are leading you, you literally you view them almost as a god. And again, you never see them in a situation where they they have any human need. Right? And then I was telling him about this time in two in Buds where they take you into this room and on a big uh, projector screen, they start playing videos of people getting their heads cut off. And it's really graphic. And they don't let you turn away from it. They make you sit there and look at it. Watch this thing. And guys are trying to turn away and they're puking in the floor and just having a darn fit, right? And the instructors are all running around. You know, you thought this was a game? This is who you're. This is who you're going to have to go fight. You you thought you wanted. You came here because you were good at freaking working out. No, this is the reality of who you're ha- going to have to go fight. You won't turn away. Watch this. And uh, and I was telling him, like, as I, I I can remember, as I was watching that on the screen. You know, at first you're like, whoa, that's that's ugly. Like, that's horrific. That's nasty. And uh, that's, you know, whatever. But then, just something clicks in your mind where you're just like, you you go from, from that being an, a, a thing that, like, scares you or upsets you to that being a thing that just makes you angry. That's why they do that. That's why they make you watch that. Because they want to see who is going to have that switch in their mind that flips. And so that's that's what you go through as you're watching that. All of a sudden, this switch flips, and you're just like, all right, I can watch this all day. This ain't bothering me. I can watch this all day. We left that in that classroom. We left there that day. And went and stood in the line at the chow hall to eat lunch. And we're, we're in line at the chow hall, and, and guys just start just leaving formation. They just run, I, I'm talking like, like 50 or 60 dudes just start running off. One after, and I'm looking around me, and I'm like, what the heck? Why are all these guys quitting? They were leaving, going to ring the bell and quitting. 
And it be, it was because that switch didn't flip in their mind. It it bought that bothered them so bad that they weren't willing to remain in this environment anymore. Right? And then I started telling them about how when you're going through this SEAL training, you know, we started out with like 300 guys who graduated with like 11 or 12. And so you're going through this SEAL training and you're surrounded by all these guys that you know. You've been with them for months. A lot of them are your friends. You have relationships with them. But as you're going through this training, like every single day, you, you lose one, you lose one, you lose one. You might lose two or three in a day. They, they're just gone. And, and these are people that, that you, you're close to, right? And when they go away, you never see them again. You don't talk to them. You don't call them and see what happened. You never see them again. They just disappear. And so what your how your brain treats that is... It's as if those people are dead. When they leave and you're still there, it's as if they die. That's how your brain begins to, to treat that. It's, it's the same as losing a friend. Like they're, they're not, they don't exist anymore. They're dead, right? And so you go through this process just over and over and over and over and over again. And I'm like, you know, when people die now, it don't really bother me. Like the people that, that have died in, in our family and stuff, it don't really bother me. And uh, we're going, we're, I'm just telling him all, all these, and what this, what this training is, is it is a, it is a, like a scientifically, constructed process of indoctrinating your mind to be this compartmentalized thing that is only focused on whatever the job is, whatever the mission is. They, they have, they literally have brought psych, psychologists in to help them design this environment where they can create the mind that they want to create. And so what they've done is they've created this environment that is a ser it, it is it is prolonged complex trauma and they do that so that when you go do the job that you're supposed to do, if you experience trauma, your mind is prepared to compartmentalize it and stay focused on the mission. <clears throat> and so I'm telling him all this stuff, trying to make sense of it. When I'm telling it to him, it's like, um, it's really disjointed because I don't remember a lot of it and I don't even know what to do with it. And ultimately I said, you know, I don't know exactly what happened there during that period of my life, but I know it set me up to be a really ugly person for a lot of years. That's what it set me up to do. 
And the interesting thing about that is during that period of my life and after, looking from the outside, many people would not have seen me as the really ugly person that I was. And I didn't even see myself as that person. Most people would say, this guy is freaking did just did the hardest thing that could possibly be done. He's physically fit. He's strong. Like his mindset is just bulletproof. Um, like people, people think, yeah, he's that dude's awesome. No, not really. Not really. Because that process that you go through and the the way it forms your mind only works if you are doing that one specific job. It doesn't work for anything else in life. Because you you put you put aside relationships. You put aside compassion. You put a, you put aside anything that's human. And you just go this one direction. And so I'm telling you this to remind you that if you are if you are a person who is highly accomplished, who's done some hard things, who um who would probably probably be looked up to or looked at from the outside as some magnificent specimen that I'm telling you this because you might want to consider that you are not as good as you think you are. And you probably have a lot of crap that needs to be unraveled and rerouted. All right? And so... Why is my faith important to me? It's because I went from being that person who was literally not even functioning functioning like a human being. I went from being that person to starting the journey to become who I am today, I made that transition in a single moment. And that single moment was when I chose to accept Christ. And I know that if I would not have accepted Christ and allowed or opened up for him to fill me with his Holy Spirit and begin conforming me into the likeness of his image, I know that today I would still be the same person I was back then. I know that my marriage would probably be destroyed. I know that my relationship with my brother would probably be destroyed. I know that My relationships with my friends would be destroyed or completely unhealthy. As a matter of fact, 
I don't even know if I would even still be alive today if it were not for my faith in Christ. And when I chose to accept Christ, and when I repented and turned and decided I'm going to follow Christ and, and rely upon Him solely for my salvation, and I'm going to allow His Holy Spirit to work in me, a process began of unraveling all of who I was and then putting it all back together piece by piece into something that resembles who Christ is. And literally... I, I must give credit to every good thing about me today to my faith in Christ. It is literally the most precious thing that I have been given in my entire life. I cannot describe to you the change that it has made in me. It's supernatural. It is a supernatural change. When I look, when, when I've been thinking about it a lot here lately, as I reflect back upon my old life and the things I used to struggle with, whether it's lust, idolatry, sexual sin, whether it's cursing, nasty, foul language, um, Lack of compassion, empathy, lack of not even being able to freaking love anything or anyone. Like, Christ has allowed me to overcome those things. It's, like, it's, it's, not, it's not even a struggle anymore. It is miraculous. And the interesting thing is, is that is available to every single human being. It's going to look different for everybody, but that is available to every single one of you guys listening. Whatever it is that you just can't seem to overcome, you can overcome it with the help of the Holy Spirit of Christ. And so why do I believe in God? Because I have seen a supernatural change in who I am over the course of the last 10 years. And why is my faith important to me? Because I owe every good thing about myself and every good thing that exists in my life, I owe every single one of those things to my faith in Christ. That's why my faith is important to me. 
And that's why I believe in Jesus. That's why I believe in the Holy Spirit. Because there's nothing else on the face of the earth that could have revealed the things to me that have been revealed to me. And there is no other force on earth that could have produced the change that has been produced in me. There's nothing else that could accomplish it. How else do you explain it? It wasn't a decision of my own. It was all in submission. It wasn't that I tried. And so that's why I believe in God. One of the reasons. And that's why my faith is so important to me. So I had to tell you what a freaking jumbled up just mess of a human being I was before I could explain to you why my faith is so important to me. Just to show you the contrast in the two and how the changes that the Lord has worked in me have been absolutely supernatural. That's power, man. That's power. And you can't convince me otherwise. You can't convince me otherwise. And the odd thing is, without Christ, I would not have even known anything was wrong with me. So he not only reveals to you the things that are screwed up about you, but then he fixes them for you. It's crazy, man. So that's what I wanted to share with you guys. Y'all got anything on this topic? Yeah, I mean, I, I would, you know, for me. You don't have to say the same thing I say. Why I do you, well, I mean, the question is, why, why, why do you believe in Jesus and why is your faith important to you? No, I mean, the, the you know, without telling the whole story of my, of my testimony, the, the, when I look back, the the big things that stand out to me are one that I have, uh, I now have an identity in something that can't be taken away from me, and when you don't have that, a lot of people they they get their identity from work or they get it from you know if they like to maybe they like to run or maybe they the weightlifter and that that's who they are. You say who are you, and they say oh well I'm this person or I work here maybe they you know find it in their job and that you watch people when that gets taken away from them what happens to them they fall apart and they don't know who they are anymore yeah and I without a doubt have an identity that cannot be taken away from me even by death and so I find security in that and that helps free me of myself so I no longer have to try to decide what is right and what is wrong and who am I and what is my purpose and all these questions that everybody out there is struggling with whether they know it or not some of them will tell you they are and some of them won't tell you they are and some of them are struggling with it and don't even realize it it's man it's coming out in 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 other ways but I don't I don't have to worry about any of that anymore and you know that frees me up to be able to be patient with people to be able to love people regardless of what you know chad talks about how messed up of a person he is and you know he says all this stuff 
But if I think back on our relationship all our life, I don't ever remember thinking, man, he is screwed up. I mean, I don't ever remember thinking that about him. I'm not saying I've never thought that about anybody, but I don't remember thinking that about him. And when people, I mean, when people are doing things what others would consider wrong, I, I, it doesn't. If it bothers me, it's because I, I want them to, I want them to be free. That I want them to know what I know and to, to feel how I feel, and be set apart from themselves so that they can bear with other people. And those, you know, that stuff is. I mean, you can't just like you said, you can't get it anywhere else. There's only, it, it doesn't make sense. It's almost inexplicable. Like I, I could try to tell you about it, but it just. It just happens. It just happens by way of the Holy Spirit revealing it to you, and that, that's going to sound weird to a lot of people, and they're going to say, well, I don't know. And some people are going to get frustrated, and they're going to say, well, I, I kind of get what you're saying, and I want that, but I can't make it happen. And I, I don't know, like, I want it, but I can't get it, so wh- where am I at now? And you just got to keep, keep living life. Just keep doing it, and it'll click in your mind. God will reveal it to you. But those have been, you know, the overarching things of my faith in Christ outside of the specific examples where he showed up experientially in my life, uh, whether through healing, you know, through, um, you know, removal of uh, what things I'm dealing with, revelation of, you know, understanding of the Bible, uh, understanding of situations, all of those, you know, that I've had, I've got endless accounts of that. But overarching, what I'm always thankful for is the unremovable identity that I have, that I'm able to bear and love with love people, and that's, I mean, that's why my faith is so important to me for those reasons. So that's a little bit different angle than than. You know, Chad came out of that, but uh, but those are the things that stick out to me when I'm asked that question. Yeah, a lot a lot of people say, "Well, you know, I would just need a sign. Like I, I need a, I would need a sign to actually believe in in the Lord, right? I, I need to see some sort of miracle or some sort of evidence or, or something like that." And it's like, dude, you want to see the biggest miracle? That, that you could ever be a part of. Accept Christ as your Lord. Repent. Turn and follow Him. And watch how He changes you. Even if you think you're good. Even if you think you treat people well. Even if you think you know how to love people. Even if you think all that stuff is good. You want to witness the biggest miracle that you could ever witness or be a part of, witness yourself being changed by the Holy Spirit of Christ. That's the biggest miracle you can ever witness. Yeah, and You don't want that, though, do you? You don't want that because you're good. You're already good, right? By whose standard? That, that's the thing. That, that's how you measure the change. It's because the, the new standard is revealed to you. By whose standard are you good? Your standard? Your standard don't mean freaking crap. Yeah, and, you know, people will also, 
aside from your serial killers and murders and you know extremely evil people on the far side, people will will try to be good. Even if they don't know Christ, they will try to live what they think is a good life. They will try to keep the not I wouldn't say the commandments because if they don't you know, maybe they don't recognize that as anything in their life. But they will try to live by the the moral code that God has written on everybody's heart that we would all understand that rape is wrong, that murder is, you know, like we, common, majority of anybody who's human would agree on those things, and that's because that is what God has put on the hearts of humans that we would all understand that. And, you know, there's many freedoms found in in following Jesus, but that's another one is, is you're free not from not from doing those things, but but from the burden of having to do those things all the time, you know it's uh, you're you're not bound by the by those commandments and those laws and having to live that life, but you live that life by a result of loving Christ. It, it's all that's a hard thing for me to explain. I've recently somewhat grasped this idea over the past year or so, but it's still tough to explain the relationship of your heart versus following the the commandments because you think that's what is right to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I I think for me, you know, not trying to get all in the in the past with the testimony or whatever. I just realized how wretched of a person I was. I'm 100% in the midst of drinking I mean, some of the craziest mess in my sober mind would come out of my mouth. I would say to people, you know, all in the guise of humor, you know what I mean? Um, I remember one time my wife left me a note. I, I actually thought coon hunting was the most important thing in my life, and I had a two-year-old son. Coon hunted 32 nights in a row. Come home, there was a note on the table. Evidently, we need some time apart. In the midst of all that and in, in all the drinking, you know, I grew up, I, I've told the story on the podcast before, my papa was a foot-washing Baptist deacon. I believed because that's what papa said, right? So that become a crutch, dude, because I really didn't believe. That that become a crutch. Well, every, everything's fine. I know where I'm going. I, I, be, I believe in Jesus. Around the time I in my mid-20s, in the midst of all that drinking, acting like a fool about coon hunting, of course, that slowed down when me and the wife got back together and whatnot, and then we had another son. I remember reading when Abraham was going to sacrifice his son, and I thought, whoa, I ain't. I don't believe like that. Now that is believing. Mm-hmm. And it was a. You remember when y'all's dad used to have the Bible studies on the porch there for a while? Yeah. It was all around that same time that I was realizing, dude, you are a piece of crap, man. Like the things you think and that come out of your mouth and that, you know, these worldly things, coon hunting, going to these hunts, all this alcohol you're drinking. Those. That's what matters to you. It doesn't matter to you the the father you are or the husband. It's it all started when I read that about Abraham, and uh, 
And then I began through y'all's Bible studies and whatnot. Like I said, after all these years being a kid coming up in the church, hearing this, it never like clicked in my head. Like it never clicked like the true belief. And I remember it was um, John seven thirty eight. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has saith, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. I began read, reading in John more and more after reading that, and it was sort of like Blake said. I, fe I, I felt as if Jesus came to me, and not saying my faith is that of Abraham, by no means, but that's where that's where my faith began, mm -hmm. like truly began. And the importance of it, he delivered mm -hmm. me from that alcohol. I see things completely different now. I don't – it ticks me off to hear somebody say, what a coincidence, or that's karma or stuff. I don't understand that anymore. Back in that drunken mind, and I'm not hating on anybody who says that, I would have said that kind of stuff. That God has a plan, and I try to see it in everything. Though I'm wrong a bunch, I try to see it unfold. I just look at things completely different. That in and of itself is the most important to me. He led me to be the best dad that I could possibly be at that time, and every day that changes. The best husband, every day that changes. I don't feel any regression, though I do backslide. I don't feel it's regression in in as far as my belief at all. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, 100% it makes sense. So the importance of it is the continuation of actually seeking Jesus. I'm, I'm not 18 years old no more saying I believe, so I'm fine. Like, I have to put action into this. I have to. Like, I want to. It's not... I can't even explain it as a feeling. Like I just, I have to. Yep. That's just a super. That's this. That is the miracle of it. Right. Yeah. That's the supernatural yeah. aspect of yeah. it. I I was put here as a son, a father, a husband, a friend, and it's for the kingdom of God. Period. Period. Yeah. Well, I wanted to have this conversation with you guys today. Because I want to plead with you. I want to plead with you that if you are living without Christ, I want to plead with you to consider learning or searching out who Christ is, who he is, not who he said he was, because he is who he said he was. Search that out. And I want to pl plead with you to choose to accept him as the Lord of your life. To believe upon him. To turn and follow him. And accept the Holy Spirit. And watch and experience the change that's going to happen in you. We we got a question on here, and I'll I'll just ask it. Uh, but Kenneth Hop, he said how, and through his 
comments, you know, that I've seen other ones that he's put in this chat, uh, I, I kind of feel like maybe he is saying, like, all right, I hear what you guys are saying, and I want that for myself. And he even said, hey, I've, I've tried lots of things, but I just – I don't get it. What do you tell somebody like that? Like, hey, I, I hear you, man. I, I hear, and it makes sense. And I want that in my life, and I've tried, but I don't feel like it. I, I can, what do you do? Where do you go from there? Well, I, I can I can only I can only tell you what what I've done. Um. So it sounds, and of course, without talking to him, it's like, have you have you recognized that you are not living up to the standard? Of righteousness, like first of all, recognize that. Okay, if you've recognized that, then it's it's it is it's literally the simplest thing that you could you could ever dream of doing. Like that's that's one wild thing about <laughs> the good news of Christ is if man would have came up with a process of like salvation it would have involved all these complex ritualistic uh you know little boxes you had to check and processes you had to go through and all this stuff but that's not the way the lord designed it mm -hmm. the lord offers his salvation so freely and offers his holy spirit so freely and so simply that it's it's mind-boggling, the simplicity of it. Yeah. So if you recognize the fact that, son, okay, yep, I I have missed the standard of what is God's righteousness, absolute purity. Then it, it is as simple as getting down onto your knees. And praying to Jesus, and you you don't you don't even you you look man, your faith will grow. Your faith will grow. So if it feels funny to you, don't worry about that. It's going to feel funny to you. Just get down on your knees and say, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God, that you came down to this earth as a human being that you lived a perfect life and that you went to the cross and you died in order to pay the price for my wickedness, my sin. You did that to reconcile me back unto yourself because you love me that much. And I believe that you rose again from the dead and that you've offered me a place with you in paradise in your presence, and I accept that. I accept the fact that your blood is the only thing that can save me. And from this point forward, I am going to repent, which means I'm going to turn away from who I was. I'm going to turn towards you. I'm going to learn who you are in your word. I'm going to seek you in your word. I'm going to seek you in prayer. I'm going to submit myself to you 
by opening up my heart to the influence and the actual the actual come and rule over me allow me to be your slave fill me with your holy spirit and teach me about who you are i submit to you conform me into the likeness of you and that process will begin it begins right then yeah it begins right then but guess what it's going to be a process that will be ongoing until the day that you die. That's how the process works. So if you're not feeling the way, if you don't understand it the way that we are describing it right now, and you're saying, I, I hear you, but I'm just not, I'm just not there. Well, you're not wrong. Have you, have you accepted Christ by praying to him in the way that the gospel describes, if you have done that, you're not wrong for not seeing things exactly the way or experiencing things the, exactly the way we experience them right now. You're just in a different place in the process. That's all it is. You're not wrong, man. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not doing anything wrong. Somebody unless, unless you're rejecting the Lord actively, yeah. Unless you're not unless you're not submitting to the Lord, unless you're not seeking, are you doing those things? If you are doing those things, it will work. The Holy Spirit will work 100%. But it's going to take time. Somebody commented on there and said um if the Lord doesn't call you then you won't hear him. I don't know if they meant that in reference to I think his name was Kenneth or not. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I would agree with that, but I would say that the fact that this is what if uh, Kenneth wants, then that means that I would say that, I mean, you can't tell for certain, but if that's a desire of your heart, then God has put that on your heart to want him. And I'd also tell him to not uh, not interpret truth based on his feelings. So if you don't feel that it's right, that's okay. The truth doesn't care if you feel that it's right or if you feel that it's wrong. The truth is simply the truth. So you do what is right because you know it's the truth. And it doesn't matter how you feel about it. It doesn't matter yeah. if you feel like yeah. it, like it's not working. It doesn't matter if you feel like you're praying to God and your your prayers are hitting the, the roof of your house or the room and they're not making it to them. It doesn't matter any what you feel about anything. Things are true because they're true, not based on how you feel about them. So enduring enduring the seasons where there is no evidence of the Lord working in you, enduring those seasons and still continuously chasing him in spite of the fact that there is no evidence of his working in your life, that is part of the process. Yeah. That's that you have to go through that. Mm -hmm. That's part of the process. Just get ready for them. If you haven't experienced them yet, they're coming. Yeah, yeah. that's a little bit what both of you just said is what I was getting at about coincidence. Like, I mean, my, if you can minus your feelings, and when we get things twisted and confused with anger and fear and lust and sadness and all that stuff, if you can minus that, there, there, there's no coincidence. If you want it, why, why would you think God didn't put it on you? Mm -hmm. yeah. If you can minus that. 
Yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people. I I I think when 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 people say, well, you know, the Lord, the if the Lord doesn't call you, you won't hear him. And not what 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 do you mean by that, man? Because here's the thing, man. Y'all remember? Y'all remember when uh, I think it was? I think it was Elijah was in the was in the cave. He was up there in the cave, and and it he he was crying out to the Lord, and and um, these I think these big storms were rolling by, right? And then after these storm and and after all these storms rolled by, it's like he heard the voice of the Lord in this really calm yeah. stillness, man. The Lord, a lot of times, works for whatever reason, very, in very subtle ways, in very subtle ways. And you, you need to pay attention to those. You need to recognize them. All the little subtleties of life. Because a lot of times... That is the Lord. And it's not some big, huge, freaking storm in your life. It's just these subtle things that are happening day by day. It's the things you're surrounded by. And for whatever reason, that's the way he's chose to operate in a lot of ways. Well, I mean, you, when you have kids, you see some other that kind of you know relationship of God to us that in in ways that you relate to your kids and you think when your kids doing this thing that's you know maybe she's sitting there hollering fussing whining or being loud it's always more effective just to go in there and just talk normal or even quieter than normal and say hey would you listen to what i'm saying this is what i need you to know stop doing that and they're going to go on for a little bit but eventually they're going to realize well hold on let me hear what he's got to say let me just back off of it. But if I go in there loud and, and I get louder than they are and say, you're going to listen to me right now, what, is it, what does it do when people do that to you? It don't work. Yeah. It just fires you up more if you're angry. And if it, if it don't, maybe, it, maybe it, you know, you're scared of it. You're taken aback. But when someone just presents themselves with a quiet, sure tone of voice, you, you stop and you listen and you lean in and, I mean, I don't, I can't say that's why God does it or not, but I can see that it works in the natural, and God created the natural. Therefore, you could say that it's supernatural, and so mm-hmm. why would He not work in that way as well? Yep. So I just wanted to make that plea to you guys today to at least consider that of of all that of all that is is happening and has been happening for all of human history, but especially with the the environment that we are all living in at this day and age and just the just 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 the prevalence of of just wickedness and negativity and all these things like you can be completely free from all of that stuff having power over you it's not that you shouldn't be concerned with it Jesus Christ himself was not a pacifist. He could wield, Jesus could wield intensity when he needed to wield it. It's a tool. Intensity is a tool. But uh, it will work. Promise you.
It's about the only promise I can make you. Yeah. So, give her a shot. That's had, all I got. We have some super chats come in. Thank y'all. We had uh, Luciano Kakamo gave thirteen ninety nine Canadian. Thank you, Luciano. Dang, I forgot my Canadian gold. Yep. Joe Nichols gave twenty. Joe, Luci- thank you, brother. Luciano, come back in at six ninety nine. He said, "Any advice to being a family caregiver? Very stressful being a caregiver for an elderly." Family member with chronic conditions. Thanks, Chad. Man, Luciano, I could uh, I could only imagine how difficult that would be because of the selfishness that resides in all of us, me included. All right? Like, I'm not in your situation, man. But I want to tell you that in the midst of this struggle that you are going through in being a caregiver for someone who you love, who needs you, the fact that you're putting your life on hold, the fact that you're putting your dreams on hold, the fact that you this this might be setting you back financially, this might be setting you back professionally. This is probably costing you a lot. You think it's costing you a lot. I want you to understand that you being there for that person in their season of trouble is your grand opportunity to practice dying to yourself. I want to tell you that this goes back to our very, the beginning of this conversation, that when you start having these thoughts about, I'm here caring for this person and and my professional life is suffering and my progress is suffering and my finances are suffering and all this stuff, I want to remind you that when you pass away, that one of the things that will be said about you is how you so selflessly cared about the person who you're caring for right now. That's one of the things that will be said about you as part of your legacy. And I want to remind you that all the things that that you think are stunted, all, all, all the growth that you think that you're missing out on, all the important things that you feel like you're getting behind on, I want to remind you of the truth that none of those things will ultimately actually matter. I know. Easy, I know. Easier said than done, man. The, hard, the things that are worth doing are the hardest things. That's just the truth. The very richest things that, 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 that are the most important for you to do are the hardest things to do because they're going to go contrary 
to your sinful nature and to mine. I'm preaching to myself, by the way, guy. All right? So all I can remind you is that what you're doing right now with your life is far more valuable and important to who you are, who you are becoming, and to your legacy than anything else you could possibly possibly be doing with your life. And I commend you for that, man. I read your email. I saw your pictures. I read your story. Don't think that I didn't read that. It inspired the crap out of me, dude. And it made me think, Luciano, it made me think how much better I could be. Yes, a man like you made me a former Navy SEAL, an ultra runner, a freaking public figure, whatever you want to call me. I've had all this success. I have all these things. It made me, your story made me think about how poor of a job I do. That's how important it is what you're doing, man. Let me tell you right now, Luciano, one day, one day, you're going to take this experience that you're having, that you're struggling through right now, and it's liable to be the cornerstone of your future. Maybe you write a book about it one day. That, that ends up helping hundreds of thousands or millions of other people who are experiencing the same thing that you're experiencing right now, but you came out the other end of it. It's infinite what God can do with what you are choosing to do right now. And it is the ultimate representation of Christ to put yourself, your goals, your wants, your desires aside to serve someone else who is in their final stages of life or in despair or lost, it is literally your grand opportunity. Keep going, man. All right, we'll continue on. It's a good word. Little Virgil gave four ninety nine. Thank you, little Virgil. Don nine ninety nine. Don, thank you, brother. Matthew Kimbro 97, 1999, said, Thank you guys for bringing people, uh, for bringing the word of God to so many people. You guys planted that mustard seed in my heart two years ago, and I was saved by Jesus Christ. My Lord and Savior, keep preaching, brothers. Love y'all. That's awesome. Thank you, Matthew. That means a lot to us, brother. Yeah. Tommy Horn, $1.99. Thank you, Tommy. Tori S. nine ninety nine said Brooke needs a permanent seat at the podcast table. Love you guys, but Brooke brings a different needed female perspective. It's not just guys who listen. And when is the next Origins episode? Thank you, Tori. I'll talk to Brooke about that today. Caleb Judge gave $10. Glad I came across this channel. Keep the faith. Love y'all. Thank you, Caleb. Love you too, brother. Eric Logan coming in again at 20 bucks. Eric, thank you, man. Derek Carswell, $5. The struggle is real, brother. The temptations of this world are overwhelming at times. God bless y'all. Derek, love you, man. This is unbelievable. Garrett came in 1999, said, I'm at the early stages of Jesus' con uh, 
conforming me onto his image, and there's nothing I have experienced in my life that comes close. It has to be supernatural. And then he came in at forty nine ninety nine, and he said, listening to Greg asking to be baptized the day before the ROP, I said, this guy is so ridiculous. I'm not here for that. But God had other plans. 24 hours later, I was crying, asking you. I wanted to accept Jesus in my life, his plan, not mine. Mm. Thank you, Garrett. Thank you, brother. Yeah. So happy for you, man. Don, come in at 499. I know these people, man. I know. I know these people. Don, thank you, man. Sean Wright, come in at five. I think that's pounds. Amen, Brother Cornbread. Sean, thank you, brother. Second Amendment, Jeffrey, $5. Go get some barbell clothing. I can't recommend them enough. Thank you, Jeffrey. Appreciate that, brother. Mark Porter, come in, forty nine ninety nine. Great discussion. Thank you for you guys. Mark, thank you, man. Larry Medina, $1.99. Chad, remind people about ear tucking. <laughs> Roger that, Larry. Kendall Stanley, four ninety nine. Enjoyed the race. Keep bringing the message. Thank you, Kendall. Ryan Funderburk, nine ninety nine. Thank you all for putting on a great event. So glad friends and family got to uh, see and meet the three hundred seven project close up. That hill was stout. Yeah, Rock team 001. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks for being there, man. And Kathy, at nine ninety nine. Your words are uplifting. Um, thank you, Kathy. High Country Adventures, five bucks. What is this? What is it about blood that throughout history has been required for atonement of sin? Uh, maybe we'll do a study on that one day on the podcast. Yep. Yep. That'd take, that'd take a little bit of digging into the word and really looking back on that historically. Well,. You guys blew me away with all that. Thank you so much well, for your support. Nine cats gave a hundred bucks. Good gracious! Whoa, nine you cats. guys are awesome, and you need Brooke back. <laughs> yes, we love Brooke as much as you guys do. She was busy today. We did invite her on the podcast, since Chili didn't show up. But uh, I'll let her know how much you guys love her, and just thank you guys for the outpouring of support. Uh, you know, I've told you many times, but I don't ever tell you enough that none of this would happen without you guys showing up, uh, training with us, listening to the podcast, commenting. Uh, you guys are the reason that we're able to make the impact that we are able to make. And, I mean, I'm just, every single time we come on here or do anything, I, I'm just continuously blown away. I don't, I don't. You just, I just feel like I, I don't deserve it, I, and, I, and I don't, and thank you guys, man. All right, I love y'all. Lord willing, we'll see you next week. Share this show with somebody if you think they'll get something out of it. We would appreciate that. That's what it's all about, man. Enough said.